we've been walking through his life. Now, I, I, I got some new information about Abram that I need to talk to you about. And today we want to look at verses 4 to verse 7. Amen. Verse 4 to verse 7. All right. It says, so when Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moray. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. The Lord appeared and said to your descendants, to Abraham, to Abram, and said to your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. I want to talk about this morning, uh, settling or stuck. Amen. Face to face, Abraham. Amen. 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 So far, we have been following uh, now Abram, uh, who will later on, we'll see that God uh, will change his name. Uh, Abram's name means exalted father. So we find the father of faith, like all of us, uh, we have a beginning. Some people hear from God and never move. Um, I want a sidebar here. I have a side note here for you. Uh, When you look at Genesis chapter 12 verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country. Now, the King James reads a little bit different. Then upon close examination of the passage, I found out that Uh, In the book of Acts, we find that uh, Acts chapter 7, you write it down as a reference. Uh, Verses 2 to verse 4, we find a different story, a different account of what really happened when God called Abram. Now, I am not settled yet in my heart and in my studies uh, just yet. So I'm going to just use hypotheticals here, okay? So, in, in the book of Acts, you find the account of Stephen that he was giving about Abram and his call. Here's how it goes. It says, to this he replied, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia. Now, Mesopotamia is a region, is the whole region But really, it's Ur. Remember that? He was in Ur of the Chaldeans, correct? Before, the text says, he lived in Haran. So we find that the text says that the glory of God appeared to our father Abraham while he was still in Ur of the Chaldeans. Before he lived in Haran. 
Verse 3 says, leave your country and your people. Go, God said to and go to the land which I will show you. So he left the land of the Chaldeans and settled in Haran. After the death of his father, God sent him to this land where you are now living. Now, let me do the work for you, okay? In other words, Stephen is accounting for something that's not written in the, in the, in, in, back in Genesis. In Genesis chapter 12, all we have is Abram hearing the call of God then, after his daddy died, and then leaving. But it seems that Stephen, he had another account. He had more information. Now, there are several reasons why it's written like this. Now, one reason is, I believe, well, let me just say one reason it has been said that it was written like this is because he was talking about the whole region of Mesopotamia and not just one location. But then when you look at it again, you find that uh, the purpose, uh, and just for purpose and time and simplicity, uh, let's just say he got his call in earth. Why didn't he leave? Why did he not leave when God told him? If he is truly the father of faith, why didn't he just leave? Well, there's several reasons for that. Number one, he was young. Okay? Number two, he was under the parental guidance of his dad. You understand? And being the oldest, he had to remain with his family and take on the responsibility of his family. But either way, Abram was chosen by God because of his faith. But to think that when God calls, amen, that we may have certain things going on in our lives to hinder us, come on somebody, from truly obeying the call. I believe the highest call you can get in life is a call from God. And so we find that the record picks up at the aftermath in chapter 12. So remember, this chapter 11, chapter 12, it's not chronological. Okay, remember that. It's not a chronological story. Just like you have Ezra and Jeremiah, they're not written or Habakkuk and his Ezra, and it's not written chronologically. So there may be some discrepancies, but one thing I will tell you, that scripture has no errors. And so it's, it's eye-opening to see that with not much details, that the Holy Spirit decided to pick up the story in chapter 12, verse 1, to say, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. What I'm saying, saints, is that Abram may have had an experience with God. May I ask you a question? Have you ever had an experience with God? And, and, and can I tell you something? There are times when I realize that we're stuck, amen, or we're settling because we're not clear about that call. Now remember, uh, Abram at this time, he's a pagan worshiper. 
As a matter of fact, his dad really favored the moon god. And his dad really was into this, you know, into this, into this, you know, pagan worship. But, but we find that God will call you out of all kinds of things. I believe that what God is interested in all of us, he's not interested in how smart we are. He's interested on how faithful we're going to be. Are you with me? He's interested in your heart. He knows you. And whereas I would not choose me, God chose me. Are you with me? And so what can we learn from Abel? Well, let's look at the text. So we see here in the text that we see the call of God, the recall or the revisiting of the call of Abraham from verses 1 to verse 3. And then we get to verse 4. And it says, so Abram went forth. Now, this wasn't his first step, but I believe that it's an important step. And so the first thing I see here in the passage is Abram's first step to greatness. Can I say this to you? When you answer the call of God, amen, it will be your first step to greatness. His first step of faith. His first real step of faith, watch this, without the training wheels. Lord have mercy. And, 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 and let me say this, without his daddy, come on somebody. But he did bring some baggage with him. But, but I will say this, if, if you continue on your journey, you will become great. You will find, amen, significance. But, but the, text, the text is very clear. It says, so he went forth. And the word there means to become something, to, to become greater than what you are. The word also means to, be, to gain access to things that you never had access to before. So can I help somebody with something? The moment that you decide that you don't want to settle or get stuck or be stuck anymore, you will get access to things that you have never or watch this, things that you dreamed about. Things that you thought you could not achieve. Come on, somebody. And so, I believe that the first step of faith is the first step to greatness. Are you with me? He says next, he says, and, and look what it says now. It says, he went, Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. Abram will find out that family can become a problem. In your faith journey, you will realize that it's the people closest to you that will try to hold you back. It's the people closest to you that will say, I don't really, they won't say it, but they don't really believe in you. As a matter of fact, when you step out on faith, they're going to think you're crazy. But guess what? They don't mind coming along for the ride. Now, why did I say that? If you look at verse 1, what did God say? What did God say in verse 1? Go forth from your country and from your what? <laughs> Can I get an amen here? Y'all ain't, y'all, y'all walking with me this It's Labor Day weekend, y'all. I'm, I'm trying to show y'all something. Watch this. He said, go forth from what? Your who? So why are you bringing Lot with you? 
Well, let's talk about Lot's life. Lot, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay, all right. What was the command? Leave your relatives, right? Is that what it said? Now, now culturally and morally, it was wrong to leave Lot behind. You know why? Lot was an orphan. You know, his daddy had died. I don't know where his mama was, but I know his daddy died. But I'm assuming Lot was grown by now. Am I right? Let me ask you a question. Who are you bringing along with you in this journey? That's grown, but they still acting like a child. I'm trying to, I'm trying, I'm just trying to point out the obvious. Parents, at some point, you just got to say, come on now. You got to you got to go on now. You got to get on your faith journey now. You got to get on your walk. This this is my walk here, and this is your walk. I'm here to guide you on this journey. Watch this. Uh, now now now. The reason why I say that Lot was grown because when you go to chapter thirteen, we'll get there. This boy acted a fool. The text says that strife. And separation was created between them later on, watch this, over material things. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a wait, y'all, wait a minute. You know why some people stay stuck? Because they're carrying too much too many other people on their backs. You 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 you, you know why you stay stagnated sometimes? It's because, watch this, it's the strife that comes, watch this, between the people that you love that they have taken advantage. Sometimes that's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. After all, it's family. But you'll see later on how Abram responds to the strife that came up between him, but cannot, between him and Lot. But can I say this to you? If you follow God's... Sometimes you don't know why God is saying, leave this person alone. Uh, next next sermon. Next sermon. That's, that's also in the next sermon. <clears throat> Seems like it's a running theme here. Watch this. Leave them alone. Why should you leave them alone? Come on, Pastor. But Lord said, love everybody. Yeah, he does. But you'll find out that they may be the biggest problem in your life that to come up later to cause strife. Because watch this, Lot didn't have nothing. But because of Lot's association with Abraham or Abram, or he reaped the benefits and then became ungrateful. We'll see that later on, okay? We'll see, we'll see if we get to it. Watch this. Watch the text. Watch the text. Y'all, I kind of missed y'all right there. Uh, now, now, the text says, now, Abram was what? 75 years old. When he what? Departed from Haran. Now, remember, in Haran, they had become very wealthy. In Haran, they had become very comfortable. You know what I believe about people? I believe that we only equate blessings and God's blessings only when we're comfortable. Only when things are just so great in our lives. 
You know what I mean? Not knowing that that's exactly where Satan wants you. Comfortable. Settled. You're really stuck, but, but it's, watch this, but it's dressed up as, I'm doing well. It's dressed up as success. But you're still doing the same thing the same way, and you ain't getting no different results. Oh, did I say something right there? Now watch this. He's 75 years old. Now, we assume, okay, I say assume here, that he got there when he was 15, okay? So he had been there a long time. And can you imagine being in a place a long time and God saying to you, it's time to leave? Come on, y'all. Now, now watch this. There was death in Ur, where he was before, and then there was death in Haran. Are you with me? So I believe the next thing is Abram was finally free to fulfill his calling. And now the Lord resumes if God had called them back in Ur. So if God called them back in Ur, he settled in Haran. It seems like God rejuvenated the call again. But he did not reinstate the call until his daddy died. Now this may sound harsh, okay? Who's holding you up? I'm saying, like, who's holding you back? Do they have to die in order for God to move you forward? Because let me say this, God will do everything. And I say everything to get you where he wants you. And if it means moving some people out of your life, watch this. Some, you know, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the addicted couple that's on drugs together. One's trying to get clean. The other one's not. Lord have mercy. One's been to rehab 17 times. The other one been to rehab five. And they're both trying to help each other out of their mess, but it seems like nobody's going nowhere. So something tragic has to happen to either one of them for one of them to move forward. This is reality. This is life. Are you with me? And I'm not saying that God is the cause of it because, listen, if, if you really think about it, God was patient with t and he was patient with Abraham. Abram, because here's the thing. If he called him in Ur, right, why didn't he go? Because the call was clear, according to Stephen. He told him to leave there and go to Canaan. But it seems to me that they settled. Are you following me? But I'm just saying, it sounds harsh, but it's true. We may have things in our lives that won't leave. And it's holding us up. It has us stuck. And death is the only way to let, for it to let you go. Are you with me? That relationship has to die. Come on, somebody. That mindset has to die. That habit has to die. That whatever it is that you feel that has you stuck, it has to die. Because death is the only way to separate yourself from it. But, but, but he's 75 years old. 
And can you imagine he's saying, I don't even know how they were thinking at that time. Like, like you know, like we think today, right? So I, I saw a, 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 a statistic the other day that was eye-popping. But they said, don't take it too seriously. But they said the average American, average American only lives to 71 today. 71. Is that it? And what I'm thinking to myself sometimes is that, you know, there are some of us who believe that we're not, we're not old, we're, we're past that. Come on, somebody. That our time has passed us. But can I tell you something? You're never too old to be used by God. Okay, you're never too young to be used by God either. Amen. So all I'm saying is that Abram realized something that he had to. He was finally free to fulfill his calling. Verse 5 says, verse 5 says, Abram took Sarai, his wife, his barren wife at that. Y'all remember that, okay? And Lot, his rebellious nephew, ungrateful nephew, really, and all their possessions which they accumulated and the persons which they had acquired. Now, let me say, let me, let me explain this to you, okay? So those black Israelites uh, believe that this, is, uh, this, 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 this Abram was a slave owner. He wasn't a slave owner, okay? The word there for acquired, okay? Remember, they're pagans, okay? These people would, would sell themselves for service. To acquire means to make something. It's an act of administration. Okay? And so it wasn't that Abram was a slave owner. These people uh, joined in with them and became part of his clan, if you would. You with me? It's almost like a conversion. Are you with me? And what the text says, the text says he acquired Haran and they set out to the land of what? Canaan. Thus they came to the land of what? Of Canaan. So the next thing I see is Abram followed God and finished what his father couldn't. So you know what's important to ask? Who are you following? See, the fir- okay, if we go back to the original story that Stephen accounted, right? The first move he was following daddy's vision. The second move he's following who? God and God alone. Even if we say God called him back in Ur, then his stop in Haran says he was following the wrong person. (laughs) Can I help you with something? Who you're following will show up in the way you act. I know people who are really following God. When you're really following God by faith, you may have your moments of doubt. But you'll never stay stuck. You see, the lesson here is to follow God and you'll finish. Are you with me? You say, Pastor, how do I do that? You have to step into your purpose and your calling and and you have to do it by faith without trying to have it to make sense. 
Are you with me? Here's the thing. A lot of you are trying to find your purpose. But God has already put eternity in your heart. That's your purpose. Are you with me? And can I tell you something? And and, and as I look at the life of Abram, I found out that when you follow God, you'll always finish what you started. But here's the other thing. His dad sold him a dream that he couldn't finish. But he was never, he never really clued in. Now watch this. If God called him in earth, why did he settle? He was being an obedient child. But he loved his daddy. See, and, and parents, sometimes we can hold up our children. I wish I had somebody. We can enable them so much that they cannot live out the calling that God has for them. Oh, I wish I had somebody. No amens today. Verse 6. I should. I was going to preach something different. I promised you I was going to preach something different today. I said, I was going to preach a Labor Day message. Look at verse 6. <laughs> now, verse 6. Watch verse 6. Abram passed through the land. What, what land? What land? See if y'all follow me. Let me Bible study. Y'all follow me? What land did he, what land, what land did he go through? Canaan, right? Land flowing with milk and honey, right? Look what it says. It says, he went through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moraine. Now, this is a very important, important, important piece. Okay? Now, the Canaanites was, was then in the land. Now, Here's the thing you need to know about God. When he calls you to do something, we want it to be easy. Like everything's going to be great. Well, here's the thing. Okay, God said, I'm go to the land, I'll show you. But he didn't give him all the rest of the details, right? He didn't tell him, well, your enemies are going to be in there. You, you, listen, it ain't going to come easy. You're going to have to do a little fighting to get it. But, but he came to the, why did he say Shechem? To the oak of Moray. I'll tell you why. Okay. Shechem and the oak of Moray was where the pagans would come to do witchcraft, divination. They would come there to get revelation. Oh my goodness. So God, in his first act of taking over Canaan, said, No, nah, I'm going to put all this mess out. So what happened? Abram what? Give me the next point. Abram found the place to receive divine revelation. It's a takeover, y'all. Can I tell you something? If you're saying you're walking by faith and you never come to church to get some words, some divine revelation, you ain't walking by faith. If you don't even know your Bible, if you don't even understand your Bible by now, and you say, I'm walking by faith, I'm walking out my calling, I'm, I'm living for Jesus, I'm doing this, that, and the third, but you'd never come to the place. I find it interesting that he comes to the land flowing with milk and honey, and he takes over the spot where they receive divination. All kinds of demonic stuff. That's what they would do. They would go up to that hill and they would get into these trances and they would drink their juju juice and stuff like that. 
and get all tweaked out. And then they talk about their gods were speaking to them, but God said, no, I'm going to take over that spot. Divine revelation. You and I cannot say we're walking truly by faith. You know why we're stuck? Because we don't read the word. You know why we're settling? Because we don't believe it. You know why we're settling? Because we don't apply it. You know why we're settling? Amen. Because we have doubts about it. But when you come to the place, Vision Church, and it's broken down to you, not in a superficial way, but in a raw kind of way. You with me? Where you can really understand it and say, man, that makes so much sense. That's what I needed. That's what I was really looking for all my life. Because I knew that God had something for me. But I didn't get to the place of special revelation. Yeah. Verse 6. Verse 6 is there. Watch this. He went to the Oak of Moray. Watch this. Now, now the name. Now, now watch this. Watch this. This is where the cults would go to interpret. The word moray means teacher. Lord have mercy. So it makes sense, right? Abram went to that place. He received special revelation. And then what happens next? Watch this. Let me tell you what happens next. See, the response when you get revelation should be what? Huh? No. Look at the next verse. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give this land. Does he have any doubt in his mind now? So what did he do? Give me the next point. Whenever you receive divine revelation, this is what you should be doing. You should be, amen, pastor. You should be shouting. You should be worshiping. You should be thanking God that I knew nothing about what was going on with you this morning. But God knew what was going on with you this morning. And from this moray, he preached to you, come on somebody, and gave you something that I didn't know anything about. But you know something about, and guess what? Now, you can worship him. Now, the text says, listen, the text says... Let me ask you this. Are you anticipating God's presence here? When you come to the place where you receive divine revelation, your anticipation should be God's presence. What did he do, y'all? You know what he did? He built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now, God had been speaking to him. Now God has appeared to him. Not in a theophany, but he has, he has, he has appeared, and I didn't say how. It just says the Lord had what? Appeared to him. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Altars are holy places. For communion with God. Now, the establishment of an altar takes deliberate effort. Yet those who continually seek to worship God 
can hear from God. Watch this. And they will not be led astray. Abram built an altar to the Lord. Now, now, watch this now. Watch where I'm going with this now. Not to put blood sacrifice because that had not been established yet. So it, it was about what? God's presence. Saints, if you're following God, you need to come plug in. You know why a lot of us are defeated and and like run down? Because we're not seeking his presence. You know what you do on the altar? On the altar now is you throw all of your burdens there. But there's something else you need to put on the altar. Your sacrifice. You know what else comes on the altar? Your sins. But in this dispensation, in that dispensation, you're coming for his presence. And there's something about when you come to the Mount of Moray, when you come to the Oak of Moray at Shechem, there's something about getting divine revelation that moves you to understand what his presence feels like. Some of us come to church in the natural. We, we, I'm just coming. I'm just coming to hear Pastor preaching. Go home. But God is saying something to you. It's more than that. And now the church doors are open. We're using a lot of things to say where we want to be. But I want to say this to you: There's nothing like coming to the altar. There was a Native American, and he was with this businessman, this American businessman, and they were walking down the street one day. And the Native American said, the Native American stopped, and he told the businessman, listen, can you hear it? He said, hear what? He says, I hear crickets. He said, what crickets? He said, I don't hear no crickets. So Native American continued to try to help him, the businessman, to hear what he heard. You hear it? It's getting louder. You hear it? Just listen. He said, I don't hear it. Getting a little frustrated, the businessman said, man, I don't hear no crickets, man. You crazy. (laughs) The Native American looked around and right over on the side of the street, there was a cricket. He went and picked it up, and the businessman looked shocked. He said, I can't believe that. He says, we're downtown with all these people, and you and I are talking, and you can hear a cricket? He said, I don't know how you did that. The Native American said this. He reached in his pocket. He took out some change, and he threw it on the ground, and 20 people stopped walking. They said, you always hear what you're tuned into. If you're tuned into pennies, come on, somebody. You're going to hear it drop. If you're tuned into nature, you're going to hear the cricket. A lot of Christians will miss the still voice of God because they're not tuned in. Because when they come into the house of God, they're not waiting for divine revelation. (laughs) 
They're not waiting for divine presence. They're waiting to get up out of here. Because it's just something we do on Sundays. But I stop by to tell you. When you're in tune with the Lord. When you come to the place. Where God will speak to you. You're going to get unstuck. Do I have anybody here this morning. That want to get up out of where you are right now. And you want to live. In your calling. Walk by faith. Live by faith. Understand. That God. He has a plan for your life. And that plan. Will be done. In his time. As you live for him. Come on and give him a praise. That's it. That's it, y'all. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Listen, listen. When you look at Scripture, when you look at Scripture, it gives you the roadmap. I don't read your mail, but God does. Lord, have mercy. God knows what you're dealing with. And we live in the day of the Holy Spirit. This is the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So I'm glad that he knows better than me. This is why the minister's life has to line up with the word of God. That too many preachers fall in the day. Too many pastors fall in the day. Because they're not hearing from God. But I want to say this to you today. You can, you can get unstuck. Settled or stuck. Now, you can apply it to your to your work. You can apply it to your relationships. You can apply it to just about anything that's going on in your life. But here's the thing. If you don't really pay attention, you're going to miss what God is trying to say to you. If you need prayer this morning, you know, say, Pastor, I need prayer. I want to move. I want to move. I'm ready to move. Uh, listen. Sometimes the writing is on the wall, but we just keep putting band-aids and uh, what's some great tape. Um, duck, we're duct taping our lives, duct taping our cars, duct taping our house. You know, we we won't call the people because we think it's so expensive. You're stuck, and God is saying it's time for you to move. And so, if you need prayer, I want to pray for you today.